Let's go, we back. Right down. You got it, episode. We back, episode 45. Milestone episode. Let's go, Kodak. Shout out French too, man. One of the top snipers out here, bro. He with Ruby. Sheesh. This one of my favorite Kodak joints right here, too. Goes crazy. Pull up to the back, black sack, chief rockin' in the fence, keep lurking cause the boys keep talking right there. Right up on the plug about 40 times. 40 niggas strapped with 40 nuts. Bike down. Got two twin Jump off to the moon and you know that. French catalog is, is top tier too, man. We gotta start putting some respect on on French's name, man. His catalog is crazy. You got it. Episode forty-five. We back. Gonna get into a couple of things, man. Bite down. You got it, episode 45. We right back at you. Right back at you. Um, couple of things going on, man, but you know. I definitely, yeah, I, I took a day off yesterday, you know what I mean? I, I actually, you know what, unfortunately, I think I might have to take a week off for real, man. I, I got to get some things done, man, so I can so I can get my priorities right and be able to kind of record on a daily basis, man. In order to do that, I, I think I might have to take a couple days off, man. So, hopefully I don't have to do that. But this is, I mean, hey, listen, man, I keep it real with y'all, man. This, we might have to, man. Hopefully that is not the case, though. So, but but I, but I will tell you this, though. 
if that is the case, the next thing I'm dropping is definitely video. It will be on YouTube. I'll definitely plug the YouTube page. So that, you know what I mean? So if we do get to take a couple days off, you best believe that the next thing we dropping is definitely going to be a video version of what's going on, man. So, but yeah, you got it, episode 45, man. This is low-key a milestone episode for real. It definitely is low-key a milestone episode, man. Um, we only a couple of episodes away from 50, which is big. You know what I mean? When I first started, man, 50 episodes seemed like a lot. It definitely did. I feel like we was just at 30. You know what I mean? Just got to 40. I feel like we was just at 25, which I thought 25 was a, a big milestone. And we just keep chopping them off, man. Just keep chopping these numbers off. Pretty soon we get to 100. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's a lot, man. That's big. We get to 100 episodes. That's going to be big. Because when I first started, man, I ain't, you know what I mean? I definitely never thought I'd, I'd get to 50 for real. But we almost there, man. We definitely almost there. But uh, let's kind of let's kind of get into. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of things going on. Of course, this is this is live time right now, uh, Tuesday night. A lot of things going on, man. That I could start with, but we definitely gonna start with uh, paying our respects to Willis Reed, um, legendary captain of Star Center for the New York Knicks, who led the franchise to its only two championships, and was the author of one of its one of the signature moments in NBA history. He passed away today. He was 80 years old. Um, of course, you know, Willis Reed, you know, Captain Willis Reed, his legacy will live on forever. And, I mean, think about it, man. NBA Rookie of the Year in 65, MVP of the league in 70, seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA selection, Named to the NBA's 50th and 75th anniversary teams. But that's, I mean, that's not like the the main thing that he's known for. Of course, it's the Game 7 of the NBA Finals. And that he came out and played. And after he missed Game 6 with a severe thigh injury, just him coming back to that game, you know, gave the, the New Yorks and the fan base just an emotional, like, boost. And, of course, you know, they got the whole thing about here comes Willis Reed uh, coming out the the tunnel, you know, by Marv Albert. That's the whole thing, man. Just gave them gave them a boost, man. And it delivered the Knicks their first NBA title and what became known to history as the Willis Reed game. So, I mean, we just kind of want to just pay our respects, man, to a pioneer of this game. Uh Somebody who's definitely well-respected um, throughout the NBA. I'm sure there'll be a lot of tributes, you know, for Willis Reed tomorrow that you'll see. And, you know, man, listen, man, I just want to, you know, I want to pay my respects to as well, man, to somebody that, you know, paved the way. So um, sending our condolences out to the family of Willis Reed. We definitely going to respect their privacy at this time. But, I, you know. I would be remiss if I didn't start the episode out with that. Um, yeah, man. So, yeah, man. It's crazy, man. Well, you know, Bill Russell, Willis Reed. It's like 
It's getting, it's just getting, yeah, man, it's tough, man. It's definitely tough, man. But uh, we're going we gonna to kind of get on to, um, yeah, we're going to kind of transition over to something something else that happened uh, today um, in the sports. We ain't doing a lot of sports today, man. We're going to definitely get into some other things. We ain't doing a lot of sports. But uh, Japan won the 2023 World Baseball Classic, beating the USA 3-2. And I watched the game, man. In the USA, we definitely we definitely had some chances to win the game. I think we were 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position. Uh, the only runs came on solo home runs. And yeah, man. I I mean, you know, they you know, as the announcer was saying, a low-scoring game favored Japan. Uh, the USA has been scoring a lot of runs during this during this World Baseball Classic. And only scored two runs in the finals was not going to be enough. Uh, I don't know what happened to our bats, but I mean, you know, we we didn't show up, man. Uh, Shohei Otani was the MVP of the classic. Um, Ten RBIs in seven games. Uh, went two and zero with a save as a pitcher. Eleven strikeouts in nine and two thirds innings. And the crazy part about how he ended the game is is striking out Mike Trout to end the game. And I know when, you know, when he's seen Mike Trout coming to bat to try to, you know, tie the game up for the U.S., I know this is all he was thinking. I know that ain't who I think it is. I mean, they're teammates. So, of course, him seeing Mike Trout coming up to bat with a chance to seal the the championships, the champions classic for Japan, I'm sure that was it's a real moment, man. I mean, those are basically, you know, definitely two of the what in the world was that? Definitely two of the best baseball players. Of course, Otani might be regarded as the best baseball player just for the simple fact he goes both ways. Pause. But um but Mike Trout, you know, before injuries, he was definitely regarded as the best baseball player. And all that leads me to think is that the Angels have both of these dudes on their team, and they can't even make the playoffs. And I I don't understand that. Like, that makes no sense to me. I know they're not paying them both that much money, but, like, if you have Mike Trout and Otani on your team, you should be in the playoffs every – you should be competing for a championship. So I'm not understanding that at all. That that that's, that just kind of baffles me, man. I'm gonna keep it real. That that baffles me. I mean, I'm not sure what the rest of their roster look like, but I'm sure that I mean they gotta have some decent other players on their roster. And I'm not. I don't feel like looking that up right now. But if you have two of the top five players on your team, I mean, you know, you gotta throw. You talking about the top five baseball players? You definitely gotta throw Mookie Betts in there. Who didn't have a good game today um, at the leadoff spot? I believe he went zero for three. I think I believe, but if you got if you got Mookie Betts, if we talking about top five baseball players, I think Mookie Betts is number one. That's just my opinion, though. But Trout, Otani, Aaron Judge. I mean, I'm trying to think who you could put in there for that 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 fifth spot. 
Maybe Freddie Freeman. Um, Manny Machado, you might be able to put him in there. There's a couple, I mean, there's a couple people that could take that fifth spot up. But ain't no way in the world that you are supposed to not make the playoffs, man. I mean, the Yankees got Stanton and Aaron Judge. They make the playoffs. That's what they're supposed to do. But if you the Los Angeles Angels, you got to you got to figure something out, man. That's unacceptable, man. You have got to figure something out. That is completely unacceptable. So uh we going we going yeah, we going trans you know, transition out of that World Baseball Classic, man. But shout out to USA for getting there. I mean, you know, they were trying to get back to back. Uh they won it last year. Um, didn't win it this year. I mean that sometimes that happens. But um, they should have definitely won it. They had the roster to, to win it. Trey Turner been playing playing some very good baseball during his whole classics. Uh, he would have probably won MVP had the USA won it. Um, but yeah, if you got a team with with Mookie Betts, Paul Goldsmith, um, Trey Turner, you're supposed to win, man. I mean, you, you you're supposed to win. So, yeah, man. But shout out to the Team USA, man. Wish we could have got it done, but we didn't. So let's just kind of transition on up and out of here. And I want to talk about Cam Newton. Cam Newton is trying to make a comeback to the NFL. And he's doing a, you know, he's going to work out during the pro day at Auburn. He's posting videos like he's working hard. Look like he's in shape. There's a clip going around where he's rolling out to his left and rolls back to the right and throws like a 60-yard bomb right on the money. <laughs> Listen, that's what Cam can do. That You know what I mean? That's what Cam can do. Cam has arm talent. Cam is a leader. I, I have no doubt in my mind that Cam should be back in the NFL, man. That's just me, my personal opinion. Now, I did hear... Uh, Shannon Sharp kind of basically say that Cam is not that good any longer and that he's, you know, kind of living off the past. My rebuttal to what Shannon Sharp said is that, listen, the last time we seen Cam Newton was during a COVID year in which the Patriots had zero offensive weapons. Zero. And Cam Newton led them to, I believe, eight and nine or eight and eight. I don't know if they went to seventeen games at that point. I I, I don't remember. Um, long story short, they was they was one game out of the playoffs. I think no, they, they I think they went seven and nine that year. They were one game out of the playoffs, and he had two games that they should have won: one against Buffalo, one against Seattle, that they ended up losing. That basically cost him the playoff spot. And that was Cam Newton. He was the whole offense by himself. That's the last we've seen of Cam. It's not like he didn't play good football that year. He led a team that literally had G League players like on the roster at the skill positions. He led that team to seven wins and should have been nine wins. And then the next year, they drafted Mac Jones. They, they brought in all these weapons, and they hosed Cam Newton. The Patriots hosed Cam Newton. They gave the job to Mac Jones. Like, I think before, in, in training camp. And 
Cam, yeah, I think they cut Cam. I don't even, yeah, I think they cut Cam. Listen, I, I'm not 100% sure about these. I'm not fact-checking them. I don't feel like looking right now because I didn't think I was going to spend that much time on this. But then when I heard, you know, what Shannon Sharp said, I kind of got a little upset. I kind of got a little upset, man. Cam deserves better than that. And when I look around the league in places that I think Cam could thrive or be in, Houston is one place that comes to mind. Of course, they're drafting quarterback. Um, Tennessee is another place that he could go and play. I believe so. I believe Cam right now is better than Ryan Tannehill. Um, another place that I believe he could play is uh, look. You know what? The whole NFC South. Cam could be. Cam is the best quarterback in the NFC South right now. That includes Derek Carr. Well, he might not be better than Derek Carr, but but him and Derek Carr are neck and neck. But he's better than Baker Mayfield, who's down in Tampa. He's better than whoever Carolina got right now, which is what Sam Darnold. Um, and he's better than Desmond Ritter at the Falcons. So Cam could definitely start in the NFC South, hands down. So I'm listen. I'm rooting for Cam. I'm always rooting for Cam. Um, it's unfortunate that he was out the league, you know, due to him getting hosed by the Patriots after he put his whole body on the line for the Patriots that year, and they had zero offensive weapons. Like They did not put him in a position to succeed at all and then expected him to win games, which he did, without any weapons. So, shout out to Cam, man. Superman. Um, let's speaking of let's stay with the quarterbacks, man. Let's stay with this quarterback talk, and you know the whole thing about Lamar Jackson is definitely you know I mean listen this this get this is this is getting serious, man. This this whole situation with Lamar Jackson, and I was watching first take the other day. And Stephen A. made probably one of the best points regarding the Lamar Jackson situation. Of course, he's on a non-exclusive tag. Uh, other teams are basically reluctant. And Keyshawn Johnson made a good point as well on first take. Other teams are reluctant to offer Lamar Jackson right now because they don't want to set the market for the Ravens. So... They know any offer that they make, another team makes, the Baltimore Ravens are going to match it. So they're basically, they're staying away from Lamar Jackson. Just for that simple fact right there, which, you know, goes in part into the whole thing of collusion with, you know, with Stephen A. and Ryan Clark were both saying uh, in regards to the collusion in the teams and the non-exclusive tag, all valid points, all very, very valid points. But... Another valid point that Stephen A. made is the fact that Lamar Jackson does not have an agent. If Lamar Jackson gets the contract he wants without an agent, how are other agents going to feel? Are other athletes going to follow in the foot on those footsteps? And at that point, you essentially are cutting the middleman out in regards to a contract. And yeah, man. I mean, that's uh, that can get a little tricky. 
that can get a little tricky right there. And I didn't think about it like that. But it does, it, yeah, it does kind of make sense. And it it can, you know, it can get a little ugly. So, ultimately, um, Lamar Jackson has to sign a non-exclusive tag. Hopefully they get the deal done and they give him, you know, the amount of guaranteed money that he deserves, which should be somewhere around $240, 250000000 guaranteed. And then he can go on and continue to play in Baltimore, you know, where he's been playing his whole career and eventually lead them to, you know, wherever they wherever they want to go. But the whole thing about him not having an agent definitely is is a bigger deal than what I thought initially. But then, but he's not the first, you know, player to, to negotiate his contract by himself. I believe Larry Fitzgerald was doing that. So I don't think this this is not like unprecedented that but I think the fact that as much money as Lamar Jackson wants guaranteed is what makes this an unprecedented situation. So be Mick. So yeah, man. So that yeah, that was that that's that, you know, another factor in the Lamar Jackson situation. But without a doubt, these teams are definitely colluding to not to not uh bump his numbers up. So that that's one thing for sure, man. Um, hopefully, Lamar Jackson can kind of you know, kind of get back situated, man, and, and get get the money he deserves, man. So, um, basketball wise, uh, we got John Morant was recently seen on the bench with the Grizzlies. Um, he's on pace to be playing tomorrow, uh, Wednesday. Um, we'll see if that happens. Not sure. You know, he just kind of put out a, you know, some in, an interview which in which he said he has no drinking problems. Um, the reason why he was uh, in Florida seeking treatment was just to kind of cope and deal with stress and find other ways to kind of alleviate that. So, um, yeah, man, I think John, I think John's gonna be okay, man. Hopefully, he's back. Uh, hopefully, he's back. Sooner than later, Memphis. I think they've been winning games without him. I think they're what five and two without him, something like that. So they have been kind of winning games without him, but they only go as far as he takes them. So, rather definitely rather get him back in the lineup sooner than later. Um, but yeah, shout out the job, man. Uh, shout out to Damian Lillard too, man. Definitely want to see Lillard. I don't want to see him hang it up for the rest of the season. I also don't want them seeing see the, I also don't want to see them taking the playoff spot away from my Lakers. So that puts me in a uh in a very, you know, in a predicament, in a pickle. I want to see Lillard continue to play, man. I'd like to see the Trailblazers in the playoffs because I think Demi and Lillard is definitely a showstopper. But not at the expense of the Lakers, which hopefully LeBron is back sooner than later. Because uh, Anthony Davis, this whole, you know, sitting out games because he can't play back to backs is unacceptable. When you're trying to, when you when you're in the purple and gold, that's unacceptable. When you're trying to make a push for the playoffs, that's unacceptable, Anthony Davis. Okay, so, uh, yeah, only other thing going on NBA wise that I kind of want to get into is just the whole MB Joel MB MVP conversation talk. To me, Joel Joel MB was MVP last year. So if he don't win it this year, that's a travesty. 
I don't care. You can stab me to death with Jokic and all that. The eye test says that Embiid, when they went head-to-head, he killed Jokic. That's just the bottom line. Um, Stat-wise, Embiid's stats are up there with Jokic's. He doesn't average as many assists, but points and rebounds, he's up there. So it's not just the eye test. It's numbers, too. But... That's that's it, man. We we going we'll we'll kind of get more in the NBA this weekend uh, when we get closer to the end of the season. I believe there's maybe what six or seven games left, so we'll kind of we'll kind of get more into the NBA once these these playoff positions are a little bit more solidified. Um, let's kind of get into this no no of the week. What is wrong with this? Something wrong with my computer, man. Let's get into this no-no of the week that we're going to get into before we... Wait, hold up, man. Something's definitely wrong with my computer, and I don't know what it is. We're going to get into this no-no of the week. And this no-no is a well-deserved no-no, okay? This no-no is going to Mercyhurst Carson Breer, who's been charged in the wheelchair incident. Three misdemeanor charges were filed Monday against Carson Breer, the son of Philadelphia Flyers, interim general manager Danny Breer. Breyer, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. After a video posted on social media showed him and another Mercyhurst University athlete pushing an unoccupied wheelchair down a staircase. I have no idea why this man was doing this, um, but him and another person were seen on surveillance video at the top of a staircase of a local bar where they pushed the wheelchair down a set of steps. And police say their actions posed a potential danger to anyone coming up the stairs while also creating a hazardous condition by blocking the staircase. The wheelchair's owner, um, Sidney Beans Benez, filed a complaint saying the fall down the stairs, damaged the left brake handle, broke the right arm rest plastic molding, bent a rear handle, and caused the wheels to drag when moving forward. Uh, the wheelchair cost her $2,000. Now, listen, man, we've all, I mean, well, no, not, not we've all, but the majority of, of us have been at a bar, um, it, you know, at some sort of college party before, and... Yeah, at those parties, you do tend to do some dumb things. So, I'm, you know what I mean? When you're in college, man, you, you tend to do some dumb things. That's definitely one of the dumber things that I've ever heard somebody do. Because, for one, there's no reason to push a wheelchair. There's nobody in the wheelchair. That would have made it even worse. But you're pushing an empty wheelchair down the steps. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. That's got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of in my life. So, I mean, you break the wheelchair, you can hurt somebody that's at the bottom of the chair. And it's just like, for what? And that's why that, that attention, that social media attention, man, that's a that's a hell of a drug, man. Because I don't see any other reason for them to even do that other than they were trying to get some attention. I, I, I see no other reason for them to, to actually want to do that. So... You know, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I I don't I have I have no idea why they want to do that. Man. 
Like, if it was, you know, if you were going down a ramp and, you know, somebody, whoever was in the wheelchair wanted to be pushed down and they wanted to go fast in the chair or something like that, all right, I can see that. But just pushing an empty wheelchair down for no reason at all is just beyond me. It makes no sense, man. And for that reason right there, for that reason right there, you are definitely getting this. Carson Breer, you are definitely getting this no no the week. I definitely this is something I definitely can't go for, man. That's just something I, I just definitely can't go for, man. Now I could have gave this no no to to this next story that we going we going to get into, and that is the whole thing that's going on with six nine. Yeah, I swear I got like sinus problems or something, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. But like, I can never breathe out my nose. It's like really irritating. But yeah, we we I told you this is live right now, so we getting into the. Which I know is going to be front page news tomorrow. Uh, might not headline everything, but it's definitely going to be one of the top stories. Um, some people finally caught up with Six Nine. Some people finally caught up with him. He was at a Florida LA Fitness in the sauna. Uh, there's video footage um, of it looks like two or three dudes kind of jumping on him and stomping on him, kicking him in his face. The one dude stomped right on his ribs. I could feel that. And um, and he ended up having to go to the hospital. And I could see why. That that stomp on the ribs definitely looked like that broke something. So I could kind of see why he's in the hospital. Um, and a lot of people think that, you know what I mean, he had that coming to him. And it's something that should have happened. And... I'm not here to say that that should have happened to him or not, but any time that you think that you can go to a sauna and, and relax and next thing you know you're in a hospital, something about that just doesn't sit right with me. It does not sit right with me. Now, I don't know if the people that jumped on him are family members or, or, or you know, of anybody that he snitched on. That I do not know. I think if that's the case... That definitely, you know, throws everything out the window. And at that point, anything, you know, anything can happen. He did not have his, his security with him at the time of this jumping. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, they, they, you know, the video looks kind of crazy. They definitely jumped on him. I kind of feel bad for him. For, for, I don't know, I don't know why. I guess it's because I seen the video, man. And you know the dude talking. I think the one dude, you know, after he jumped on him, he uh, pretty much said, "Yeah, I want to be famous now." And that's what I'm saying, man. This attention thing is is really is crazy. This whole thing about attention, like you look at a camera, you beating the beating beating down on a famous person, and the one thing you say is, "I want to be famous now." That that. You know, that lets it be known that it's not just about you getting whatever type of revenge that you wanted to get. This was all about you wanting to go viral. 
which of course you're gonna go viral. You just jumped on, you know, y'all just jumped six nine, who's one of the bigger rappers in the world. So of course you're gonna go viral. And it seems like that's kind of that's kind of what he wanted, man. So, or what these what these gentlemen wanted. It appears that you know they just wanted to go viral, and of course they are definitely going to go viral. That video is going to be everywhere. Um, you'll see it. And, you know, like I said, I, I kind of feel bad for the man. I kind of feel bad for 6 9 man. But, you know, if those people that jumped on him, and the one dude was definitely kind of big, big ball-headed dude. He definitely looked very, he looked like a big dude. If those are family members of the people that, you know, he was in court with, I you know, I can't really say nothing about that at that point. So we'll see how this story unfolds uh, moving forward. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, yeah, it's kind of crazy, man. And nobody came and helped him either. So I guess they eventually, the dudes that jumped on him just eventually stopped. And then he kind of just walked out. So um, you can kind of hear him in the video talking about why y'all pulling hair. And you can kind of hear him, you know, somebody recording it who appeared to be one of his fans. And he was like, yo, you all right? Or something like that. And he was like, man, y'all jump me. And this dude was like, I didn't jump you. So I don't know if he knows who who jumped on him or not. But uh, we'll see how this story unfolds, man. Me, we'll see how this story unfolds. Uh, moving on. Um, I came across... I came across a... Well, I don't know if I want to start it with this or not. Yeah, we'll we'll start. No. Yeah, we'll start it with this. I kind of want to get into some some type of uh, relationship talk. And I came across a post. I believe it was on the Jasmine Brands page. I believe so. It was either that or Hollywood Unlocks page. I'm not sure, but I want to say it was on the Jasmine Brands page. Because um, it was only, I mean, you know, yeah. So I want to say it was on her page, but I'm not 100% positive. It is the five deadly terms used by women. Okay, and these terms are basically, you know, if a woman tells you these, you have to read between the lines and and get the context of what what they're saying to you. Coming in at number five is that's okay. If a woman says that's okay, she is thinking long and hard on how and when you will pay for your mistake. That's dangerous right there. I don't like that. Fellas, we got to be aware of this stuff, man. That's okay. If you say you're okay, that to me, that means that you should be okay. But no, 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 no. Now, if a woman says that, you got to read between the lines. Got to read between the lines. Um, Number four, coming in at number four is whatever. A woman's way of calling you an idiot. Dang, that one hurts, man. I ain't going to front, fellas. That that hurts, man. If a woman says whatever, and she's basically just calling you an idiot, man, how are we supposed to know that? If you know what I mean? you said whatever to us, we, whatever you said before that, we obviously didn't know, know what you meant. And now you and now instead of explaining what you meant, you want to say whatever? Come on, man. That's not cool, man. That's not cool, man. Communication, communication, communication. Keep the lines of communication open. 
ladies, keep the line of communication open. Um, coming in at number three is go ahead. It says, do not confuse this with permission. It's a dare and don't even think about it. Come on, ladies. Come on, ladies. So if you basically about the guy with the fellas and, you, and your woman says, go ahead, she doesn't really want you to leave. That's basically what that means. That means to go ahead. And, I dare you to go ahead and, and go with them. You better not think about going with them. Come on, ladies. How are we supposed to know that? We don't speak female Ebonics 101. We don't know the answers to that. Okay, but that's just, yeah, that's dangerous right there. You giving us the green light, and really, it's the red light. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's rough out here for us already, man. It's rough out here for us already. Now you got us, now you got us, now you doing, uh, got us playing mind games, man. It's rough out here already. Number two is nothing. It means if a woman says nothing, it means something, and you should be worried. Now, that one I kind of do know. I know if a woman says nothing, that really means something. So I kind of, I, I, I am kind of D with that one. So I do kind of understand that one. And yes, of course, if a woman says nothing's wrong, that definitely means 100% something ain't right. So that one, fellas, we should know that one. We should definitely know that one. And number one is fine. If a woman says fine, this is the word women use to end the argument when she knows she is right and you need to stop talking. And that's another one that, fellas, we should know that one. Fellas, we should know that one. You say fine, all right, just, just kind of let it go. L-I-G it, man. L-I-G it, let it go. That's another one I feel like we kind of should know. It's kind of the same thing with nothing, where you where you know if she says she's fine, she's really not fine. She just you know she just wants to end whatever's going on. So that one we kind of should know. So, fellas, be aware of this list of this list. Um, and here's a bonus word. The bonus word is wow. This is not a compliment. She is amazed that one person could be so clueless. I ain't going front. I've had women tell me wow an awful lot of times. And I did not think that they thought I was clueless. I thought they was just giving me the, you know, telling me, trying to pump my head up a little bit. And now I realize that they just thought I was dumb. So that's a hurt piece right there. That's definitely a hurt piece, man. But these, you know, these terms that are that are used by women, we got to we got to be put on game, man. I'm glad somebody put this out there. You know what I mean? It's gonna help the fellas out in the long run. So we kinda know what's going on out here. Because sure enough, man, a couple of those terms I did not know. I did not know. But um, you know, it's just hey, communication, communication, communication. So I was listening to Web with Ye today, and they were talking about, they posed a question with, um, I believe it was uh, Steve Harvey. It was a new segment, uh, Relationship Guru segment. I believe that's what it was called. But um, 
Speaking of new segments, I haven't given y'all a new segment in a while. I've been so busy recording. I ain't, I ain't done Twitter fingers. I ain't done worst behavior. I, I, ain't, I ain't pulled out a new segment in a while. So we're going to pull something out. Um, but no, I did I did introduce the Shannon segment. But we're going to pull out a new segment either today or no, probably tomorrow or next episode. We're going to pull out a new segment. But um, the question was, well, it was posed as a statement. Steve Harvey says, as a man, you will know if she's the one within one year. And my answer to that is that, is it possible? Well, I guess my question is that, is it possible to know if the woman is the one within one year? My answer to that is, it is possible if both parties go into the situation wanting the same thing. So as a man, if you're going into a, you know, in a situation and you are looking to find a partner, um, somebody to build with, then it is possible to know if she's the one. If that woman is going into the situation with the same mentality and you are willing to work and communicate and, and not run from, from problems and not run from situations, it is possible to know if she's the one within a year. Because, but you have to be on the same page, though. If you're not on the same page, I mean, it, you definitely won't know if she's the one. You definitely won't know. But other than that, though, I don't know if it's possible to know if she's the one within a year. I believe that honeymoon periods are a real thing. Of course, you know, they say the honeymoon period lasts three months, four months, um, five months, six months. It could last even up to a year. Where basically, you know, everything you do with a person is everything is perfect. And I always say that you never really know um, what type of partner you have or what you have in a relationship or situationship until there is conflict. So during that honeymoon period, you never really get in any arguments. You never really have any disagreements. You never really bump heads, and that gives you kind of like a false sense of, you know, what a relationship with that person could be like, because you don't really know, you don't know, because you've never had that, you never had to deal with anything. So, um, but yeah, is it possible? Is it possible to find somebody within a year and know they're the one? Yeah, it's definitely possible. I'm not gonna sit sit here and say it's not possible. I think the percentages are a lot higher that it's not possible. I say it's about maybe 95 to 5%, maybe 90%, 10%, something like that. I think the lowest I would go maybe would be 85, 15 of you actually knowing that that's the one within a year. But, you know, it also depends on, you know, which stage you are in your life, uh, whether you're in your early 20s, mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s. Um, it depends on what stage you are in your life as well. That's another major factor in it. So if you're in your late 40s, early 50s, and you meet somebody, and you're ready to settle down, at that point, you have probably been in, you know what I mean, have dealt with multiple people. You kind of would know what you would like and what you wouldn't like in a partner. So... It is possible to know if that person 
that you are dealing with, male or female, of course, we're not talking just female, male or female, if you do know what attributes that you seek in in partners, then there you go. You know what I mean? If they, If that person gives you everything that you're looking for, yes, you will know within a year. Okay, but it takes a lot of trial and error. A lot of broken hearts happen in the midst of going through this trial and error. A lot of dating happens in the midst of this going through this trial and error. A lot of um, finding out what, what makes you happy goes into this trial and error. So is it possible? Yes, that's the long story short. Yes, it is possible, um, but there, but there are definitely a lot of factors in the making it possible. That that's that's for sure, man. Definitely a lot of factors in the making it possible. Um, and then, you know, then it, it kind of was, you know, they had the whole thing with Rick Ross, and and him kind of just putting it out there. Uh, is he going to get married? You know, he put it. I think he posed the question. Do people think that Rose is going to get married? And, you know, I guess he wants to know. I guess he wants to know, is he going to get married, man? Do people think that he's going to get married, man? And, you know what I mean? Who knows, man? I've never seen Ross with a partner or nothing like that. But you just never know, man. You know what I mean? And I got a, I got a sound bite here from the Jasmine Brands interview with D-Ray, D-Ray Davis on what influenced him to get married. We're going to play this soundbite right here. Wait a minute. We're going to play this song. You said something, and I wanted to come back to it. You were married at 19. I was. What was that about? I can't, I don't Love. know. Love. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? It was about 19. a beautiful Haitian woman that swept me off my feet. Um, I met this crazy girl in high school that came from the city. I was in the burbs at the time. When we, in high school, and she came out there with her, the shortest shorts ever, and uh, she was against all, all the rules. And she wasn't no, like she wasn't like well, I'm sure was type, but she was mm-hmm. just just her style, just was mm-hmm. different. And I was like, and it was fire, man. And she appreciated my hustle, and she was crazy and uh, funny and smart. Yeah, crazy smart. And, so she was uh, with you before you were um, yeah, oh, popping. Hell yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. I think she only made like she made a couple comedy shows before it started. I started, she started probably seeing a change in me, too. You started wilding but out? Started wilding out, yeah, yeah, <laughs> easily. But, um, yeah, man, I, I saw a lot of my family, and I weren't married, to, mm-hmm. for the most part. No okay. one was married, you know. And I was like, damn, well, maybe that's why things are how they are. Let me be the person to get married. Right. And I don't want to live with a woman if I'm not married to her. Oh. And then God wouldn't give me this if I ain't married. And, okay. And um, it just felt... What I felt like what I needed to do, and it felt like it would bring some kind of, I guess, some kind of balance to everything. Okay. But definitely um, wasn't prepared mentally or, as a lot of people, some people could still grown and not prepared. Yeah. So yeah. just imagine, you know, so it was more. So it, I ain't going to play the whole sound bite, but as you hear D-Ray talk about, you know, the reasons why he got married, um, of course, the, the main thing he talks about is love. That's definitely the main thing. Um Another thing he talks about is is you know family dynamics and what he grew up with, and you know that's another thing. You know if you come from, you know a family that is married or or if you come from a single parent household, 
and that's something that you've never seen. Um, do you want to kind of introduce that and kind of break the break the mold? I mean, there, those are other factors, man. Those those are definitely other factors in the in the in regards to, you know, if the if you can find that person within a year. Um, family dynamics, uh, what you what you have seen, or what you have grown up around, definitely also plays a factor. Um. Just thinking about you know what you want to do mentally, man, and if it's if that's something that you feel will kind of settle you down and make you be a better person, you know what I mean? There, there's so many, there's so many factors, man. There's so many factors. I mean, of course, the main factor, which is what D Ray said, is love. You know what I mean? That's all. That's always the main factor. But there are definitely other things that play a part, man. That play a part in the whole situation about getting married and, and finding that one. And so shout out to the Jasmine Brown, Jasmine Brand on that interview with D Ray. <clears throat> That's a sound bite I kinda wanted to play. But yeah, man, it's just, you know what I mean? It's it's definitely it's definitely a a thing, man. But um we gonna get out of that, man. Oh no, hold up. We gonna we we gonna stay there. We gonna stay there for just another second. We gonna talk about this blue face and Christian thing and the whole washing clothes thing. All right. Now, blue face didn't put Christian out there is in regards and just basically showed the laundry room and she didn't wash her clothes and he's mad at her and this that and the third and she's pregnant. How she gonna take care of a baby if she can't even take care of him? Wait a minute, bro. Blue face. Blue face, blue face, blue face. She is not supposed to take care of you like you are a child. Now, listen, I understand where blue face is coming from. He's kind of on some traditional, like, old stuff or old school where the woman does this, that, and the third. Blue face, this is not the 1800s, bro. This is not the 1800s, man. I hate to break it to you, man. Um, Women are doing, you know what I mean? This, this is the evolution of women. And he's just still kind of stuck in stuck in the old school. And I know that, you know, there's definitely still some men that are like that. And there's some women that like to be traditional like that. They like to be stay-at-home, you know, moms and parents and stuff like that. All understandable. But is it an expectation? No, you should not go into a situation expecting those things. If it happens, it's a bonus. You know what I mean? If it happens, that's cool, man. All fine and dandy, man. You got somebody that wants to, you know, stay at home and cook while you go out and work. Listen, that all fine and dandy. But the whole thing about putting her out there because she didn't wash your clothes when you easily could have washed the clothes too. I, I'm not rolling, bro. I can't roll with you on that one, man. I cannot roll with you on that one, Blueface. I'm sorry, man. You know what I mean? I think he tweeted out, you know what I mean? He said, I ain't being a woman that can't wash my clothes or something to that effect. Listen, I, I understand where he's coming from, but come on, bro. You could have you you done something. She's out on the road. She's working every weekend. You know what I mean? As she said, she's bringing you money every weekend for appearances. Yeah, bro, you can help out and wash the clothes, man. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't trying to, I ain't, I don't know, I ain't really coming at you like that. But, yeah, bro, you can wash the clothes, man. <clears throat> That's all. It ain't like it's something crazy. 
you could have paid somebody to wash the clothes like she was going to do. Either way it goes, you could you didn't have to let the you didn't have to put her on blast like that. That's all I'm saying. You didn't have to put her on blast like that, man. All right, we get we getting out of there, man. We getting that we getting out of relationship talk. We'll we'll get into some other talk. I'm gonna do a deep dive on something next episode. I ain't gonna talk about it right now, but it's definitely relationship talk. I'm gonna do a deep dive on it, and y'all y'all might not like what I gotta say, but hey, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. So I kind of want to get into. We only got a couple of minutes left. I think we got about eight, seven, eight minutes left, man. And there's some some talk going around about Glorilla and Rihanna looking similar. Uh, I believe it was Glorilla's uh, grandma or aunt that that put something out there that said they kind of look like twins. And listen, I I looked at listen Glorilla is a cute. She's cute. She is very cute, man. She is a very cute girl. I like Glorilla. She's young, but she's a very cute girl. Rihanna. Listen, Rihanna is one of the top five baddest women on this planet, to me, in my opinion. Look-wise, Rihanna is top five. Is Glorilla top five? No. Does she resemble Rihanna? Yes, she does. Is she an attractive lady? Yes. Yes, she is very attractive, man. I think the only thing that you kind of can say that they look alike is they got the fact that they both got colored eyes. Other than that, though... I mean, yes, there's some resemblance, but not all like that though. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I can see it, but I can't see it. I don't know how to explain it, man. I can see it, but I can't see it, man. But shout out to Glorilla though. She definitely killing it in the rap game. She definitely killing it. And um, yeah, man, she definitely killing it. Oh, hold on, I gotta sneeze. I think, man. Now this will be this will be a first. If I sneeze on an episode, that'll be the first time that's ever happened, man. Uh we gonna kinda we gonna we gonna get out of that, man. We got a couple minutes left. I'm gonna try to get to the shining segment real fast. And we gonna shine, we gonna do this shining segment on one of like the iconic people out here, man. So we're gonna do this shining segment. Hold on, let me get my let me get my music queued up, man. We're gonna do this shining segment. This shining segment, okay, is going out to D nice, man. And I don't even I don't even know what made me think about giving this shining to D nice, but I did want to just show D nice some love, man. Um, you know, there's some there's some footage going around about uh you know what New York looked like three years ago during COVID on this day and it was empty streets and, and you know what I mean basically everybody was in the house at that time and it was D nice man who provided us with like provided us with entertainment man when everybody was in the house man the club quarantine that he started um I feel like Man, gave gave it, it it definitely shine light on just a downtime in America, man. In the world, man. In the world, this that was a just a very sad time. You know what I mean? People wasn't going outside. It was just a you know what I mean. 
And it was D-Nice that provided us with light and love and just entertainment and like just just something that we could all kind of like tap into and it was like a it was like an online barbecue, man. For lack of a better word, it was like an online barbecue. Online barbecue, man, where everybody was coming through. Uh Joe Biden was in there, Michelle Obama was in there, like everybody, Diddy, Snoop, you name it. Everybody who's who was in D Nice's live during club quarantine, man. And you know what I mean? Let's let's continue to give D Nice's flowers, man. Of course, we'll never forget that moment. Like that moment in time that he was during club quarantine is something that we will never forget. If you've lived through that, you will never forget that moment in time. And I just wanted to shine some light on D-Nice, man, just to kind of give some love to the DJs, man. And um, yeah, man, so that, that yeah, we shine a light on, on DJ D-Nice, man. Um, Just for, you know, he was already a pioneer, you know what I mean, in hip hop before that. But that that you know that's just something that that a lot of people will just never forget, man. So, <clears throat> shout out to D Nice. Just wanted to give him some flowers, man, um, for what he did for for the world at that time, man. What he did for the world is unprecedented, and something we'll probably never see again during this lifetime. So, uh, shout out to D Nice, man. So we getting out of here, man. We got a couple minutes left. Um. Episode forty five, you got it. I gotta figure out. I gotta figure out what's going on with my sinuses, man. I gotta feel like we'll figure out what's going on with my sinuses, man, and why I'm so congested. Uh, and as I'm sitting back thinking about this episode, this is definitely not one of my best episodes. Last episode was better than I thought it was. This episode, I feel like it was kind of choppy and whatnot and what forth, but. Hey man, we still we still plugging the way, man. It's all part of the process, man. But we getting out of here, man. You got it, episode 45, and we out of here. Shout out to Breezy, Free Thugger. It's a bop right here though. Free thug, man. Ooh, and that conversation going on about Chris Brown, Usher, and Michael Jackson, who's the LeBron, Kobe, and uh, and Michael Jordan out of them three. Ooh, we might do a deep dive onto that, though. We might do a deep dive onto that, man. Right? Cause that's a good one, man. That's a good one. The breezy definitely goaded, man. We ain't gonna deny that. And this this jam right here should be getting more radio play too, man. I mean, it's kind of old now. I ain't gonna say radio play, but it should be played in the club though a lot more, man. This is one of them jams we played the kickback again. Another jam. Yeah, I don't mean radio play. Kickback play. This is house party music right here, man. Yeah. 
You got it. We out of here. Episode 45. Jill.